Kasi pag maganda ka, no, katulad ni Sam, misa may mga naiinggit eh, so binubuli ka. So sabi ko sa kanya, Ami, anong ginawa mo nung binubuli ka ng mga kaklase mo? Sabi niya, tiniis ko lang, pero nung hindi na ako makatiis, sinapako na. Sabi niya. <laughs> hindi pa sa Kristiyano nung panahon na yon, Kaya na napaksya. <laughs> Yung iba naman, kaya nabubuli kasi mahirap lang sila eh. Eh nakataong pumasok sila sa medyo sosyal at may kayang eskwelahan. Yung iba naman, nabubuli kasi sa opisina, sila lang yung hindi Ateneo o kaya hindi UP. No? Pag tinanong ka, saan ka nag-graduate? Sabi mo, sa Fiati. Saan yun? <laughs> so yun ang mga ano, subtle bullying. Yung iba naman, ito very common sa Amerika, sa Australia, yung racial background mo, yung pinanggalingan mo. At madaling makilala yon kasi sa kulay ng balat mo at saka sa lingwahe mo. No, pagka meron kang accent, alam nila, na-anticipate nila kung saan ka galing. Yung iba naman ay kung meron kang disability. Although ngayon, kahit sa Pilipinas, medyo protected na ang mga disabled at saka may special privileges. Yung age pag nasa setting ka na ikaw ang pinakabata o pag nasa setting ka, ikaw naman ang pinakamatanda, medyo madidiscriminate ka. Yung sex, ganun din. No? Pagka medyo iba ka sa karamihan, uh, ngayon nagpo-protesta ang LGBTQI+. Kasi sabi nila, nadidiscriminate sila. Kapag ka ang isang bansa, when a country has a majority religion, yung mga minority religions na discriminate At pag ang bansa naman walang relihiyon, yun namang mga religious groups ang discriminate Itong nakaraang eleksyon sa Pilipinas, lumabas ang extreme discrimination in terms of political colors. Na parabang ang nagde-define sa'yo ay kung anong color mo sa politika. At kahit yung mga simbahan nakakawatak-watak because of that issue. Bakit natin kailangan pag-usapan ang discrimination? Kasi yung epekto niya, maraming tao ang walang self-confidence. Mababa ang kanilang self-esteem. Kasi na-discriminate sila eh. Mahiyain sila. Natatakot silang mag-decide. It takes a while to build up confidence pero sandali lang na ibagsak kapag ka diniscriminate ka. No? Naalala ko nung unang sermon ko nung uh, 19 uh, <laughs> nung 1982. So pagkatapos ko mag-sermon, may lumapit sa akin na uh, member ng church. Sabi niya, Pastor, you have committed 150 grammatical blunders. Sabi ko, ang dami naman. Paano nangyari yun? Eh, yung pala, magaling siya sa English. So sabi, 
tuwing may sasabihin ako, nililista niya. Sabi niya, Pastor, pagka ganito ang subject, ganito ang uh, verb, pagka ganito ang, uh, ang object ng yung statement, ganito dapat ang, ang, ano, ang corresponding ano niya. So ginawa ko, the next week, sinulat ko yung aking sermon. Ginawa ko ng manuscript ko. Sabi niya, Pastor, ang galing mong nag-improve. Kaya lang, sabi ko sa kanya, alam mo, hindi ako maka-sermon from the heart. Kasi habang sa sermon ako, iniisip ko, chinechikan mo yung aking sinasabi. Ito <laughs> ang pinakamalala. Sabi sa survey sa, sa United States, those who had been bullied, 33% of them thought of committing suicide. Especially nung teenagers sila. Kasi pag teenager ka, nagde-define ka pa ng pagkatao mo eh, ng identity mo. Tapos may papasok na mga nambubuli sa'yo. So, anong response mo? Yung iba, magaling ang response nila. Hindi nila pinapansin. Sasabihin nila, hindi ako may problema, kayo ang may problema. Yung iba naman, gumaganti sila. Pero yung iba, kinikimkim lang nila. They take upon themselves internally what was spoken or what was done. At naiipon yun. At dumarating yung time na pag hindi na nila kaya, eh, suicide sila. Hindi inilalagay sa dyaryo sa Pilipinas. Pero alam nyo ba, seven people commit suicide a day in the Philippines. Most of them teenagers. Ang pinakamataas ng suicide rate ay sa Japan at humahabol ang Korea. Yung mga nanonood sa inyo ng K-drama, makikita nyo doon bakit nagsusuicide yung mga Koreano. Kasi yung pressure sa kanila, ng kanilang parents, saka ng kanilang kultura ay napakalakas. No? Gusto nilang mag-compete, gusto nilang to be the best. So merong mga epekto psychologically, professionally, physiologically, emotionally, at saka socially ang pambubuli. In the passage that was read in John in Luke chapter 17, 11 to 19, I would like to share to you the good news for people who are discriminated, people who are bullied, marginalized, threatened, harassed, or even just hurting inside. Let me read again Psalm, uh, Luke 17, verse 11. Sabi po dito sa istorya ni Dr. Luke, While Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, He was passing uh, between Samaria and Galilee. Let's look at the next slide. It's amazing that in one verse, three places are mentioned. Jerusalem, Samaria, and Galilee. Ito yung Galilee area, yung itaas. Ito yung Samaria area. Ito yung Judea area na ang capital ay Jerusalem. So, pagka ikaw ay tourist sa Israel ngayon, pinupuntahan mo yung area na yan. Ito yung Sea of Galilee, 
Tapos may Jordan River pababa, ang dulo niya ay Dead Sea. So, anong intention ng writer? Bakit sinabi niya that while Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. Kasi, pag ikaw ay pupunta from Jerusalem, pupunta ka ng Galilee, merong dalawang more convenient way na ngayon ay ginagamit ng mga tourist. Kung makikita nyo itong puting linyang ito, ang tawag dyan ay Via Mari. Na ang literal translation sa English ay Way of the Sea. Kasi ito yung sea, Mediterranean Sea. So iyan, pagkagaling ka sa Egypt, pupunta ka sa Galilee o Damascus o Lebanon, it's a flat road. No? Madali ang biyahe. Yung isang way naman, itong uh, orange na to, light orange, na kung galing ka din sa baba, sa Egypt o kaya sa Saudi Arabia, dadaan ka dyan, ang tawag dyan ay King's Highway. Talagang highway yan. That's a normal route that people are taking. Plain din yan. No? At kung medyo tataas ka, smooth, bababa, maganda yung way. Pero si Jesus, nung mag-travel siya from Capernaum, dito siya, hindi siya dadaan dyan, hindi siya dadaan dito, dadaan siya dito sa gitna. No? between Galilee and Samaria. Yung daan na yon, kahit ngayon, hindi dumadaan ang mga tourist doon. Bakit? It's a mountain range. Medyo rough ang road. It will take you a long time. Pero si Jesus, doon siya dumadaan. When you mention Jerusalem, wow, nung time ni Jesus, Yan ang Metro Manila in those days. The, the capital city where you have the temple, where you have the headquarters of the governor, where you have the religious leaders, where you have business, where you have the best education. So, yan ang Jerusalem. Samaria. Samaria? Jewish people have no dealings with Samaritans because they were mixed race. There was a time that this area was a powerful kingdom, but they were defeated by the Assyrians. Now, the policy of the Assyrians when they defeat a country is to take away the residents, disperse them to the whole empire, and bring in new residents so that the ethnic group will disappear. So, ang mga Samaritano ay mixed race. Although ngayon, sikat ang mga mixed race. Mga Philam, PBA players, <laughs> mga imported players ng NBA, ngayon yun. Pero noon, pagka mixed race ka, discriminated ka. So, what about the Galilee area where you find Nazareth in the lower area where you find Capernaum? Well, Galilee is called Galilee of the Gentiles. 
parang ganun din na karamihan ng nakatira dito ay mga foreigners. At hindi lang yon Tuwing may gyera, sila ang unang tinatalo. So lahat ng empires, Hittite, Assyrian, Babylonian, Medo-Persia, Rome, Greece, lahat yan, ito muna ang aatakihin. Tapos pababa, pababa. So yung mga tao dito, karamihan, mga widows, orphans. Kasi yung mga lalaki nila, namatay sa gyera. So, bakit si Jesus, pwede naman siyang manggalig sa Capernaum, bababa siya, tapos dadaan siya dito. Tapos papasok na lang siya dun sa may area ng Jerusalem. Pero bakit siya dadaan dito? Tingnan natin yung dahilan ni Jesus. Bakit siya pupunta doon? Tuwing si Jesus ay dumadaan doon, may mga kinakatagpo siyang tao. In one case, may kinatagpo siya na babaeng Samaritana. Ang response ng Samaritana, look at discriminated people. Kasi hurt sila, so they tend to hurt others also. <laughs> Maganda naman yung saludra sa kanya ni Jesus, would you give me a drink? Pero ang sagot niya, how is it that you being a Jew ask for me a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? So to paraphrase, why are you talking to me? We have no reason to connect. And the Bible explained, Jews have no dealings with Samaritan. Tapos nung dumating yung mga disciples ni Jesus, nagtataka sila kasi he was speaking with a woman. Rabbis don't talk to women. So here, you find double discrimination. Hindi lang siya Samaritan, siya rin ay babae. By the way, ang mga babae nung time ni Jesus, talagang discriminated. Kahit sa mga Greeks, pag nagkaroon ng laban, jewel, yung mananalo, bibigyan ng baka. Yung matatalo, bibigyan ng babae. Bakit? Kasi mas valuable yung baka kaysa sa babae. Sorry ah, yun ang ancient world eh. Nakakita na ba kayo ng queen na ang asawa ay dalawampung lalaki? No, you'd never find that. Pero makakakita kayo ng isang hari, katulad ni Solomon, ang asawa niya, 700 women. Tapos may 300 concubines pa. Payan, that's 1,000 women. Eh, 365 days lang a year. Can you imagine if you are a woman naging queen ka ni Solomon o naging concubine ka ni Solomon, siguro mga five years na hindi ka pa napapatawag ni Solomon. So, women were discriminated then and many times still discriminated now. Bigyan ko kayo ng alimbawa. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Kasi kasama ako sa mga guilty dito. Yung mga asawang babae, nagtatrabaho sa opisina. No? Pumapasok sila, tatrabaho, umuwi. Pero yung mga asawang babae, bago sila pumasok, magluluto muna. Tapos pag uwi nila, magluluto, maguhugas, mag-aayos ng bahay. Anong ginagawa ng maraming lalaki? Nakaupo sa harapan ng TV. 
na hindi naman binabayaran yung mga babae. So sa survey sa buong mundo, isa ang Pilipinas sa mga indirect discriminator of wives. Kasi ang mga babae, pagod na pagod. Pero mga babae, meron itong positive effect. Anong positive effect? Worldwide, even Philippine-wide, women live longer than men. Na? Kasi ang mga babae, banat eh. Hindi lang nanganak, na nagtrabaho pa, at saka maraming kinakaharap na mga challenges. Ang mga lalaki, hindi naman humaharap sa mga bayarin eh. Ang mga wives eh. Maraming pressure ang mga babae. Kaya women tribes on pressure. So ang average life span ng mga babae is four to seven years longer than men. So kahit sa Pilipinas, mas maraming balong babae kaysa balong lalaki. So may advantage din. <laughs> Pero hindi magandang advantage yon. So more and more, men are coping up. Men are helping in the household chores. No? Tapos binibigyan nila ng bakasyon yung kanilang mga wives. Yan. So, ano na rin, nakakaroon na rin ng uh, consciousness. So, kaya outcast, kasi iba yung kanyang ethnicity, iba yung kanyang gender. Tingnan natin sa istorya ni Jesus in the next slide. Then in verse 12, as he entered a village, so may pinasok si Jesus na community. Ten men with leprosy who stood at a distance met Jesus and they were crying out aloud. Ten men? So yung village na to, hindi ordinary village. Ang tawag sa kanila, colony. Colony. Bakit sila hindi lumalapit kay Jesus? Bakit sila malayo lang? Kasi, from the time of Moses to Jesus, 1,300 years. From the time of Jesus until 1,900 A.D. sa panahon natin. A sickness called leprosy is a dreaded disease. Ngayon, ang tawag natin sa kanya, Hansen disease. Isa siya sa mga sickness that will cause you to be quarantined, to be separated. Initially, for seven days. Kasi titingnan kung yung leprosy mo ay infectious. Pagka hindi makadeside yung priest kung infectious, another seven days of quarantine. And then after 14 days, the priest will declare you either clean, okay, heal ka na. Kasi kahit ngayon, ang virus hanggang 14 days lang. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Ano? Yung ancient experience sa today. After 14 days, dalawa lang ang mangyayari eh. Heal ka na o patay ka na. In the case of leprosy, either you are declared clean or when you are declared unclean, ito ang implication. 
As for the leper who was infection, his clothes shall be torn, his head shall be uncovered, his mustache uh, covered, at pag siya ay may mamimit na tao, sisigaw siya. Unclean, unclean. Bakit? Social distancing. No? Pero ang social distancing, hindi, hindi ilang metro lang. Kailangan malayo. At sisigaw ka, unclean, unclean. Para yung mga makakasalubong mo, lalayo. He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live, ano sabi? Alone, his dwelling shall be outside the camp. So when you have leprosy, you don't live with your family. You don't live within your community. You are taken out and you live with other lepers. Those of you who are like me, old, who have watched the movie, Ben-Har, Ben-Har, tatlong version na siya, the mother and the sister of Ben-Har, and they were rich, have to live in caves with the lepers. Let's look at the picture of lepers in the next slide. So, leprosy happens when you have a bacteria in your body. The bacteria will attack the nerves. So, kakapal yung mga skin mo. Mawawalan ka ng pakiramdam. So, ang tendency, yung mukha mo, yung mga ngipin mo, yung kamay mo, maaagnas and you will live in a colony. Have you heard the name Kulyon in the Philippines, in Palawan? It was opened sometime, iba-iba ang records, 1901, 1904, 1907. And we call it Kulyon Leprosarium. It is the biggest leper colony in the world during that time. Ang population niya ay 5,000 to 16,000. Highly documented ito. No? What happens when you are a leper sometime in 1900? Every three months, a ship will come from Manila Bay and go to Culion bringing lepers. And lepers are being arrested. You will be forcefully taken out of your dwelling. Pag report ka, hindi, hindi yung isolation center ngayon, dadaling ka dito sa Kulyon. You know what Kulyon is named? The land of no return. Or the land of the living dead. Kasi yun lang ang destiny mo. Walang gamot ang leprosy nung panahon na yun. Can you imagine the feeling of a person who contracted leprosy, hindi ka lang physically hurting, although hindi ka nag-hurt, wala ka naramdaman eh. Kaya you can hold the fire, you can touch anything, you can even cut your arm, no feeling. Pero ang mabigat yung social stigma, yung emotional loneliness, and losing hope. That is just a matter of time, you'll be dying. When COVID started in 2020, when you go to the hospital, people are concerned na hindi ka na makikita ng pamilya mong buhay at hindi mo na sila makikita. Ang makikita nila nila, 
ay yung ore na may laman na ashes. Next slide, please. So, ganyan ang itsura ng mga lepers nung panahon na yon. Bakit kailangan nilang i-isolate? Hindi lang sila physically stigmatized and socially uh, alienated. In Numbers 5, sabi ni Lord, command the sons of Israel that they send away from the camp. Ilalabas mo. Three groups of people. Every leper. Everyone having a discharge. Ano ba yung discharge? When something is getting out of your body, either blood or semen. So ladies, sorry to tell you during that time, when you have your monthly period, you'll get out of the house. And then after your monthly period, you'll take a bath and then you can come back. But you, before you come back, you offer a sacrifice because you were unclean. At bakit ka kailangan lumabas? You shall send both male and female outside the camp so that they will not defile. Defile means to infect. No? So pag meron may monthly period na nakaupo sa silya, hindi mo pwedeng upuan yan. You will be contaminated. Pag may namatay kang pamilya, magdi-decide ka, are you willing to be unclean to take care of the dead or not? Eh siyempre, mahal mo yun eh. Alagaan mo yun. So during the time na mayroong patay sa pamilya, you are unclean. Hindi naman necessarily sinful ang uncleanness. It just means you're defiled. You're not whole. And worse, you cannot go to the temple. You cannot go to the synagogue. Why? Because defilement is a picture of what sin does. Sin separates. The wages of sin is separation, is death. So can you imagine these ten men? They were living together in a colony. Maamoy sila. Kasi doon sa Israel, mahirap ang tubig eh. So more likely, hindi sila naliligo. E may naaagnas pa yung katawan mo. So Jesus entered the village, the colony of lepers. At tingnan natin ang ginawa in the next slide. Si Jesus, and I pray because you are a gospel-centered church, kasi minsan, we want people to come to us to hear and experience the gospel. No, no, that's not the way to do it. If you want people to hear and experience the gospel, you go to them. Look at Jesus. Now, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to him, to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble. This man receives sinners. And he does not only receive sinners, he hangs out with them. Alam nyo, ito ang una kong natutunan na magpastor ako doon sa Patsenador sa Quezon City. Kasi yung church na pinagpastoran ko ay 80% squatters. So pagbibisita ako sa squatter area, may mga inuman eh. No? Yung mga asawa nilang babae nasa church. Yung mga lalaki nandoon sa kanto-kanto nagiinuman. Tapos sabi nila, Oh, pastor, daan ka muna. Ayan. <laughs> Anong gagawin mo? Anong gagawin mo? Dadaan ka lang. 
Para kang yung ano, para kang yung priest saka yung Levite may ginulpe. Dumaan lang. Hindi pwede. So I sat with them. Listen to their stories. Eh paano yung inuman? Hindi bibigyan nila ako ng beer. Hindi pala, hindi sila social eh. Kwatro kantos ang iniinom nila. Sa kabilog. Yan. Oh, pastor, tagay ka muna. Oh, di kukunin ko yung baso, lalagay ko sa harapan ko. O kwentuhan kami, kwentuhan kami. Tapos may makakalata. Pastor, hindi mo ginagalaw yung ano mo ha. Inumin mo na para malagyan pa uli. Mamaya na lang, ano ba mahalaga? Ito o kwentuhan? <laughs> Tapos napansin nila na hindi ako umiinom. So sabi nila, ay, ay, takbo, takbo ka. Tumuha ka ng Coke o kaya ng Royal. Bigay mo kay pastor. O di labas ka na. We got those men inside the church. Bakit? Kasi hindi mo sila diniscriminate eh. Kasi minsan tayo sa loob ng simbahan, we feel clean. We feel, you know, we are better than others. No, no, no. Here is our Lord. He receives. He eats with sinners. No? Kaya nga ang tawag kay Jesus, gluten and drunkard. No? Pastor, kaya ba malaki <laughs> Alam niyo na magpastor ako sa Las Piñas, yung bewang ko, 29. 29. The next year, 30. Next year, 31. Susunod, 32, 33. Aba, Pastor Abit, nung mag-34 na, sabi ko kay Doy, Pastor aalis na muna ako dito. Kasi madali ako mamamatay. <laughs> Bakit? Kasi tagapasig ako eh, yung simbahan ko sa Las Piñas. So doon ako nagtatanghalian, doon ako nagahapunan. Siyempre, ang mga member, gustong-gusto, doon ka nagtatanghalian sa bahay nila. Nagpiprepare sila eh. Pag medyo mabagal kong kumain, sabi nila, Pastor, hindi mo ba nagustuhan ng pagkain? <laughs> Magluluto pa ako ng iba. Hindi ka pwedeng mambola, sabi mo, ang sarap nito. Dadagdagan pa nila pagkain mo. <laughs> Yun ang challenges eh. Buti si Pastor Abit, ano papit pa. Pero pag wala ng pandemic, Tingnan nyo yung sukat ng bewang niya. Ang tendency, kahit ng mga disciples ni Jesus, ay maging discriminating. Tingnan nyo si Peter. Gutom na gutom siya, pumalik siya sa taas, magpe-pray siya, habang nagpe-prepare yung mga tao sa baba ng pagkain, aban, he fell into a trance. Nakakita siya ng isang uh, uh, tela na may mga hayop. All kinds of four-footed animals, crawling creatures, and birds of the air. No? So, vision nito. Tapos, minari narinig siyang voice sa langit. Sabi, go, Peter, kill and eat. Anong response ni Peter? In the next slide. By no means, Lord, sabi niya. <laughs> Hindi pwede, Lord. I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Wow! Sino ba kausap niya? Sino? Sino yung nagsabi ng go, kill and eat? Si Lord. Pero sabi niya, Lord, hindi pwede. Hindi pa ako kumain yan. A voice came to him a second time, what God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy. This happened three times. While Peter was greatly perplexed in mind, about the vision, 
three men who had been sent by Cornelius. Si Cornelius ay Gentile, Roman Gentile centurion. Papatawag si Peter. Normally, Peter's response is no. I cannot mingle with Gentiles. Pero nung nagsasermo na siya, you yourselves know how unlawful, take note of the word, how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with foreigner or to visit him. And yet, God shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. When Jesus came, his goal is to raise up all men on the same level. No more Gentiles, no more Greeks, no more Jews, no more women and women. All are equal before the cross. That is why I came without even, even raising any objection. May mga tao pa ba tayong hindi kinakausap? O hindi tayo nakikihalubilo? When I was a new pastor, a person came to me and said, Pastor, can you disciple me? Sabi ko sa kanya, what church do you come from? Sabi niya, gantong church. Why don't you ask your pastor to do it for you? Ayaw niya, pastor eh. Oh, baka na hindi pa kinakausap. Ano ba yung goal ng ating discipleship? Sabi niya, pastor, bakla ako eh. Sabi ko, bakla ka. Kailan pa? Nung nine year old pa ako. Eh, nung kausap ko siya, mga 27 na siya. Sabi ko sa kanya, thank you for being honest. Pero alam mo, mahihirapan akong i-disciple ka kasi nasa ibang setting ka. Artificial yung setting natin. Pangalawa, I'm sorry, I don't know how. I don't know how. So nagpasalamat naman siya. Alam nyo ngayon, he is the president or leader of a uh, ministry ng tawag Living Hope. Ministering to gays and uh, lesbian and members of LGBTQ. So nag-apologize ako doon kasi I don't know how. And then one day, a pastor of a mega church called me and said, Pastor, Nomer, can you help me? Kasi meron akong member na transgender. Can I send him to you? Nung time na yon, tumapang na si pastor. Sabi ko, sige, padala mo sa church. So pumunta siya sa church namin sa Breco, Mandaluyong. Eh talagang hindi lang bading na bading. Talagang... Transgender nga eh, nagpa-exchange eh. Now, now, he is not only a counselor, he is a pastor. Kasi hindi naman tayo magbabago sa kanila. Hindi tayo. Si Lord eh. Ang kailangan lang natin gawin, gawin yung ginawa ni Jesus. He reaches out to the outcast. He reaches out to the discriminated. No? Next slide, please. At ito ang ginawa ni Jesus doon sa sampu. They raised their voices. Jesus, which means Savior. Master. Silok lang ang gumamit ng word na yan. Ibig sabihin ng Master, owner of all things. 
have mercy on us. They, do, they knew they don't deserve to be heard. They don't deserve to be given attention. But nonetheless, they were asking Jesus to be merciful to them. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priest. Bakit sila pinupunta ni Jesus sa priest? Kasi dalawa lang ang gagawin ng priest eh. To examine you and declare you unclean or clean. No? But they cannot do anything. Examiner lang sila. Pero nung sinabi ni Jesus na go and show yourselves to the priest, ang intention ni Jesus, katulad nitong Luke chapter 5, Go and show yourself to the priest. Make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So ang sinasabi ni Jesus dito sa sampu, go to the priest and let the priest know that you are cleansed. You know, that's a challenge of faith. Kasi leper ka eh. Kitang-kita mo yung itsura mo. Pupunta ka sa priest para mag-testify that you are cleansed? That's crazy. But Jesus is asking them to exercise faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things not seen. Kung ikaw yung isa sa sampung leper, anong gagawin mo? Jesus, pagalingin mo muna ako, then I will go. But look at what happened. And as they were going, they were cleansed. The redeeming work of Jesus, the transforming power of the gospel, takes place when we believe and act upon the word of Jesus. Well, sometimes Jesus will will stretch out his hand and touch you. But Jesus has different ways of redeeming his people. You cannot box in Jesus. Sometimes he healed by his word. Sometimes he healed with a touch. Sometimes it is awkward. He will spit on the ground. <laughs> you know, get the, the dirt, put it on your eyes to heal you. The problem nowadays is people box in God and say, ganito ginawa ni God sa akin. So kung gusto mong maranasan to, ganito rin ang gagawin mo. No, 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 no. That is putting God in a box. Ang importante, marinig mo yung salita niya and then you act upon that word. And he was cleansed. Next slide, please. So Jesus reached out to the outcast. Jesus redeems the outcast. And look at what happens. Now one of them, one of them, Sampusile, when he saw that he had been healed, you know whether or not God has touched you because something radical happened to you. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new person. Hindi mo yun maipagkakaila. When he, when, when he saw that he had been healed, what did he do? He turned back, 
glorifying God with a loud voice. When he was still a leper, together with the ten, they were crying out with a loud voice. And when they experienced the healing, they were crying out with a loud voice, but this time it's a voice of thanksgiving. Many times our worship is very cerebral. We sit, we listen, we hear, then we sit continuously, and then after some time we go home. That's not worship. Worship involves our entire being. Bless the Lord, oh my. The soul means not only what is inside, the soul means everything. When you love the Lord, you don't only love the Lord with your mind. Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your spirit, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord with your all. When he saw that he had been healed, he turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at his feet. Yan ang worship eh. And what does he do? Giving thanks to him. I hope Cornerstone will be exuberant in his expressions of love for Jesus. Because Jesus has loved us not only from the heart, but body and soul on the cross. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus, in many stories, are lifting up the Samaritans and the Galileans. Jesus is called man of Galilee. He was never called man of Jerusalem. Jerusalem rejected him, killed him. But Galilee was his headquarters. He grew up there. He performed most of his miracles in Galilee. He spoke about parables mostly in Galilee. And he talks about the Samaritans always in good terms. Jesus responded and said, were, uh, were there not Ten cleansed, the nine, where are they? When people are in need, we come to Jesus. We come to God and pray and ask God. But when God responds, where are the people? Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women and children, at least 15,000. He fed twice, the other 4,000 with men and children, maybe 12,000. He healed so many. But in John chapter 6, they all left Jesus. The text says, many of his disciples left him. Nowadays, there is a uh, battle cry for make disciples. And that's a right battle cry. But how many disciples will stay? How many disciples will remain to the end? When everything is nice, when you hear great testimonies, when you see a big church, wow, it's great. But when trials, temptations, afflictions come, will we still follow Jesus? Nowadays, the call to Jesus seemingly 
is a call to health and wealth and power and fame. But the call to discipleship is, you want to follow me? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Those are just by benefits of following Jesus. So some will get rich, some will be famous, but majority of Christians will go through tough times. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So the call of discipleship is to follow Jesus at all costs because you know there is a living hope that no matter what happens, no matter what you face, something glorious will happen. He was giving thanks to God. What's the difference between giving thanks and praising? When God answered my prayer, I said to him, Lord, thank you. That's called thanksgiving. But when I say to God, Lord, thank you for answering my prayer, and you say that in the congregation of his people, it is called praise. Because praise is always in the context of public. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits that he has done for me? I shall lift up the cup of salvation. I shall call on the name of the Lord. Oh, may it be in the presence of all his people. So people are excited to come to worship. Sabi ng iba, ay bakit ka naman pupunta pa sa church? Pwede ka naman doon na lang sa bahay. Magpasalamat kay Lord. Walang difference yun. No, 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 no. There is a big difference. Because when you come to church and declare your thanksgiving in public, the Lord is getting praised. You are being a testimony, an encouragement to others. Because many people are down. Many people are hurting. And if they hear flesh and blood person saying, you know, I was broken, but I realized what God said, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in the spirit. And here I am, a living testimony that this God has truly made whole my heart and healed my pain. Somebody in the congregation may be hurting and considering to end it all. But when he hears you, he say, I'll try that. The next, please. The Samaritan has a saving faith. Saving faith? Why, pastor, are there faith which are not saving? <laughs> he said to the healed Samaritan, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. But isn't the Samaritan woman, uh, the Samaritan leper healed already. Previously, it says they were cleansed. And then later, he says, when he saw, he was healed. Why is Jesus repeating himself here? No, no, no. He is not just repeating himself. The word used in verse 14, cleanse, is katarizo. The next word used in verse 15 is ayomai. But the word used here 
he has made well is sotso. That word is used in the New Testament 108 times. Yes, it can be translated healed, cured, or make well, but 89 times it is translated in NSB as save. Pastor, what do you mean I don't understand? The 10 lepers were cleansed, including the Samaritan, but only one leper is saved. Let's look at the next slide. Are not all faith saving faith? Of course not. Look at this faith. You believe God is one? Naniniwala kang may Diyos? You do well. The demons also believe. At mas magaling sila. Bakit? Nanginginig pa eh. May maraming tao nagsasabing they believe in God, pero wala silang pakialam. Wala silang reaksyon. In the Gospel of Mark, many unclean spirits and demons declare that Jesus is Son of God. Say ba sila? John 12.42 Many, even of the rulers, believe in Jesus. So hindi lang si Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. Marami. But, because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him so that they would not be excommunicated from the synagogue. They loved the approval of people than the approval of God. Mas mahalaga sa kanila yung sasabihin ng tao kaysa sa Diyos. Are they saved? Third. For this reason, I told you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him from the Father. He was saying, for this reason I told you, no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him from my Father. You are not saved because of your own volition. Yes, you were invited. Yes, you stood up and raised your hand. Yes, you come in the altar. But before you do so, the Spirit of God worked in you first. As a result of teachings like this, kasi ito na yung reform teaching. <laughs> As a result of this, many of his disciples, many of his followers left and would no longer walk with him. So it's good to pursue discipleship. That discipleship should move from head knowledge to heart conviction. It should move towards this. I am sure. I am confident. I have no doubt that the God who began a good work in you will carry it on until it is finished. When your faith is just yours, it won't last. But when your faith started with God, 
He was the one who prompted you. Then that faith will be carried on until the end. So let me summarize. Are you suffering from being discriminated these days? Are you hurting? Is there something that caused you to be to have low self-esteem, to lose your confidence? Well, the good news we have learned today is Jesus is reaching out to the outcast. Jesus redeems, transforms the outcast. And when the outcast who experience Jesus return to him and thank him, Jesus recognizes him. The next, please. The next. So let me end with this invitation. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is near. When you are broken hearted, when you are depressed, you feel that you are alone, nobody understands, nobody cares. That's your feeling. But there is someone who knows. There is someone who can come to you, who can do something about what you're going through. He is near. And he will do the work of rescuing you. Yes, we are going through many afflictions, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. Kasi yung iba, ayaw ng struggles eh. Why is Manny Pacquiao the greatest boxer nowadays? Because he had eight belts. So kung satisfied lang siya doon sa flyweight, edi isa lang ang belt niya. But he was willing, he was willing to fight again and again and again and again and again and again. If he did not do that, he will not even be a senator. In Christ, you are more than conquerors. You are not only saved. That's the basic. But God has not only called you to be saved, God has called you to be light, to be salt of the earth. Your influence will not only be here in Makati. Nowadays, we have members in Sydney, in New Zealand, in the States. So you need to think global because our Lord died for the world. I love this, so I always use this at the end. This is from the message translation of Matthew 11, 28 to 29. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Last night, my wife and I had dinner with a family whom we shared the gospel 40 years ago. <laughs> I baptized all of them. And uh, nowadays, the father just died. So the children from France, from Davao came. 
And then when I asked them about their spiritual state, two are very active in churches. One is from a mega church. He left the mega church, moved to a smaller church because he said, Pastor, I miss the time when we are relational intimate. So from a big church, I moved to a smaller 200-member church. Then I asked the other one, the youngest. And then you know what he said? Pastor, I'm not attending church anymore and my family. I said, why? Pastor, I'm tired of the church. I go there, I attend all the D groups, I attend all the seminars. I get tired. I don't want to have anything to do about it anymore. So I'm teaching my children. We are homeschooling our children. But I'm not closing the door. I'm just tired. Papasok pa lang ako sa church. Ito na naman. Going through the routine again. Hearing the same sermon again. Being scolded again. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Come to me. Get away with me. You will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Kasi dati rati, we are enjoying grace. But now we have become like Pharisees of do's and don'ts. <laughs> Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. I will not impose anything upon you which should not be for you. Because in the church, the danger is to put people into a certain mold. And all of them are like in the factory. You are moving them from one, two, three, four, five. Unforced rhythms of grace. The hill Samaritan was not told what to do, one, two, three. He just returned back with a loud voice glorifying God, falling on the feet of Jesus and giving him thanks. Keep company with me. And I love this. You will learn. That's discipleship. You will learn to live freely and lightly. Let's bow down our heads. Our God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the hope that marginalized, bullied, even harassed people physically, emotionally, socially, financially, spiritually have hope. And that hope is in your son, Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have come not to put another burden on our shoulder, but to teach us how to experience and enjoy the unforced rhythm of grace. That from being discriminated, 
we can experience the fullness of life. Today, if there is someone here and you are worn out in any way, physically, emotionally, or relationally, while people are bowed down, just stand up. Just stand up and say to the Lord, Lord, here I am. You know me. Lord, I need your touch. I need, Lord, to experience anew your embrace. And I am responding to that promise that you are near and that you will do something for me. Is there anyone who would like to do that today? Yes, thank you. Other others? Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Our God, you know us so well. You know what we are going through, especially those who are standing up this very moment. You know their heartbeat. You know what they are crying out inside their mind and heart. We pray, Lord, that you will reach out to them through your spirit. You will hear their cries and answer them. And you will turn around those challenges, those trials into triumph so that they can come back next Sunday and testify that indeed you are an amazing, sufficient Savior. We also pray for the rest, Lord, that you will visit all of us, that you will, oh Lord, enable us to experience the touch of grace so that as a result, we can testify to others that indeed the gracious God is still alive and manifest his grace today. We give you thanks already, Lord, for we know that you are doing something in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.